Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Staropoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. This will be a show for almost all ages. <laughs> I don't have... I have nothing to say about that, except you're right. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, listeners. We've got a great show for you today. Our guest is the owner of Scratched Vinyl Record Store, as well as a talk show host on college radio station WMXM 88.9 FM. And of course, he is a vinyl enthusiast. Please welcome John Decatur Smith. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine, but already we've got to make some corrections for the record. So uh, I've I've been with a few different stations. Uh, okay. And I have for the last like two and a half years. Oh, um, we got to do some fact checking, you know. Oh man! Uh, all right, oh, Chris, I, this is this is all Chris's fault. I'm just going to blame everything <laughs> on him. That's like my old life. But it could be me that I don't keep my stuff up. But uh, I've been um, with WHCM in um, which is uh, Harper Community College Radio, and it is college radio, as was my previous station. And I don't talk too much. I play music and. Uh, you know, once in a while okay. I'll tell stories, but it, it's absolutely not not talk show. You know, um, you may right. have seen a, jo- a joke that I put out there about switching formats to uh, sports or you know Christian <laughs> contemporary, but that was really just that was a joke for myself, <laughs> I guess. Okay, well, you know, for the purposes of this uh, podcast, you're you're a talk show host. No, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so you're a DJ. I mean, really, that's really what more accurately describes you is that you're a DJ. Well, I think so, but not by, you know, it depends who you talk to. Like, I, I can't do that stuff with turntables. And like my idea of a DJ is, is a guy that, yeah, the guy that does like, you know, a bunch of bongs and then goes on the air and talks really oh. slow and plays, <laughs> you know, bitches brew and, and, and steely Dan. Oh, and, you know. you're listening to, you listen to crosses. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I listen to, uh, well, I listen to myself a lot these days. It's a vanity <laughs> project. Like, like every part of my life, I think. Well, you're talking to two podcast hosts. Talk about vanity project. I mean, this is this is the definite. I I honestly think that this whole podcast, like I don't I don't even want to call it revolution, but like this whole podcast surge, is definitely just you know people just wanting to hear themselves talk, and I'm not the exception to that rule. So, uh, <laughs> the first question that we actually like to ask our, our guests, which uh, we're we're already overdue on in this episode. Analog or digital? Uh music. It, it uh, vinyl is my preferred um, format um, for the sound. So I guess I, sure. I, I'm an analog guy. But there's some beautifully rendered digital music, and um, you know when it comes down to it, um, I'm in this life for the music, not for the format, not for the hardware. Yeah. Um, not to, not to sell records quite honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's not the best business model. <laughs> <laughs> it's not lucrative. You're, are you saying that's, um, there are mo- <laughs> most months I'm able to pay the rent and that's only because, um, I have like the greatest group of supportive customers that, um, I can yeah. imagine. But I mean, if you wow. want to get into talking about the business, um, you, you cannot make money in this business selling new vinyl. I mean, um, yeah. Amazon, Amazon sells at my cost and, um, it's just wild. I mean, it's insane. You know, I That's would have wild. to sell just to pay the rent. Uh, you can't imagine how many new records I would, I would new vinyl I'm talking about. I'd have to sell. So I depend on used anyway. Sure. All right. You don't want to hear all about my business problems, but it's not a problem because I am here because, uh, well, I, I mean, physically I am in the store. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, that's why I'm here. I know I got oh, to listen. It's all relevant. It's it's relevant, and uh, you know we may be jumping the gun because we definitely have some questions for you about your business. But uh, first, let why don't we get to know who you are, like how and why you actually started collecting vinyl, and how you got into owning your own record store. Well, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, there wasn't anything else. Um, 
Mm. Truly. Um, we had yeah. vinyl, uh, we had 45s and we had long players and I, you know, lived through, uh, cassettes and I lived through HX. I sound like I'm 80 years old. I'm really not that old. No, and no. I, and part of that's also cause I, you guys know that, um, I, I had laryngitis completely yesterday. So this yes. isn't even my real voice. This is a, a, a simulation of artificial Sounds voice great thing. to me. <laughs> <laughs> sound yeah. better than me. And I probably sound better than I do in real life as well. Um, so, I mean, I've always, I've always collected records. It's always been, um, you know, an obsession for me, but I'm not a collector, never have been, who cares about first editions or, or um, yeah. you know, I, I'm a completist because I, I, I'm obsessive. If I like an artist, I want everything by uh, him or her or it. Um, and so do I you- just kept... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I'm sorry. I haven't answered the question yet, but I'm getting there. It's okay. No, no. So, no, you're. I, I, I know. I can tell you're getting there. You know, I have a question regarding what you just said because you say you're a completist. You want to have everything that an artist does, and I'm assuming that that means discography wise. But are you also one of those people that want to have every version of a, an album on vinyl? That they that like like all these reissues and repressings and all that stuff. No, not at all. Uh, no, as long as you've honestly, got one, you're good. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I would like the best. I would like the best sounding physical graffiti, but um, I don't. You know, but I don't. Re- I, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of new vinyl because it's not just because it's heavier. You know, that's only a part of it. But it's the limited pressings that they do to make yeah. those um, new records just sound so extraordinary um, and the dimensionality and all that stuff. And you just Definitely. don't get, I have lots of customers who come in here, kids too, you know, high school kids that come in and they only want the older versions, you know, with the surface noise and, and, and I don't know what it is that they love about that for the same price. I can sell you a brand new remastered version uh, it's going to blow your head off the way CDs, you know, were that much ahead of records back in yeah. the eighties. That's yeah. where records are now, you know. I mean, you guys know this, um, yeah, and these kids don't want—they want rumors and they want, you know, which I don't really have. And but they, they want it. They want the original, and um, they don't care if they pay more for that. It's it's wow. it's crazy. That it part's is. crazy. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, this kind of dovetails into why I named this um, scratched vinyl. Um, I've been a, a customer of the record store, the predecessor of this particular store, um, uh-huh. for years. Like I'm a customer of every record store. I mean, I go from drug dealer to drug dealer. They all know <laughs> me, you know. Um, and the ones that do the best, it is. It's it's audio yeah. crack. And the ones that it do is. the best are the ones that all congregate in one area. So, like, there's a neighborhood in Chicago. It has three very good record stores all, you know, within like six blocks of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, those guys, you know, they show me the door. They they think I'm loitering. I just spend so much time in there. Um, but the closest one to my house is uh, was called Rainbow Records. And yeah. um, I, I just went in there and, and I'd always thought, well, what a nice way to, to earn a living if you don't have a mortgage to pay. You know, it would be right. really nice to just own a record store. Um, and, uh, I, I ultimately decided that it was cheaper for me to buy a record store, um, because of this insatiable appetite that, that I have, um, and, and actually scratched vinyl is, um, because of scratching my itch, um, not because the uh, records are scratched. Well, that's, that's one <laughs> level. Yeah. Yes. So I answered a question that was probably coming, yeah. um, but that's really how we came up from it. It was the way I come up with it. It was, um, a way that I could scratch my itch and, uh, like customers come in all the time and, and, and they say to me, Oh, you know, it's, um, I said, I'm really obsessive about records and I really love records. And I said, man, you know, uh, this is how I controlled my habit. I bought the store. I don't know if that's, you know, <laughs> That's that's like letting the alcoholic buy a bar, you know. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, don't get high on your own supply. So yeah. if you're well, the drug the problem, dealer, guys. that's a problem. You yeah. Know? So I now, mean, now it's becoming clear, much more clear, why you're not making any money. Apparently, <laughs> because you're. <laughs> well, I'm there is a little bit of that. No, you explained. You explained it. You, one for me. One for you. One for me. <laughs> That's but let me tell you, look, there's another side to it. Um, and, and the truth is, um, I bring in a lot of stuff that maybe I have in my, you know, home collection. It, it's all yeah. fungible. 
you know, sure. it's all one collection now. I mean, everything in this store, I'm talking to you from my store, everything in here is mine. Um, yeah. And I'll be playing something that's, uh, you know, maybe what I would call a house record. And meaning just that, you know, it's something that maybe I brought in from home. And if somebody comes up and says, what are you playing? And uh, I say, oh, it's, you know, whatever, new cigarettes after sex. And if I don't have it in stock, I'm like, yeah, you can have this one. Oh, I wow. would rather, oh, I would always, ra- I've, I've decimated my personal collection because I would much <sighs> oh rather God. turn somebody on to um, something and, and have them walk out happy with a record, uh, then I mean, I'll, I'll get it, you know, I'll find it. I'm not that kind of collector. I don't care. It's not a legacy. I'm going to pass on to anybody, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, that, that reminds me, uh, I wanted to ask, so when you, when you purchased rainbow records, when you became the owner, I imagine that there had to be inventory there already the previous owner had to have had his own collection oh, did you sure. inherit and, that well no i bought it okay <laughs> I mean, okay okay I, I don't want to you know want to be a tax lawyer but i mean no i, pay, I paid for that <laughs> those are the assets i bought um okay. i bought his collection now his collection was about 85 percent used records maybe twenty five thousand records wow and holy shit some, <laughs> at least and then he had some new now, most of his new was um, record store day leftovers because, you know, he overbought sure. some it shit, happens. you know? It yeah, happens, and it happens. Yeah. It just accumulates sure. and stuff. Sure. Um, and my, I, the first thing I did when I got in, and I had help from my, my family, is um, the first thing we did was we took the CD. We put the CDs on sale. So come in, take these CDs out of here. <laughs> uh, I put them out for $3 a CD. And, and half of them were sealed. There's probably five or 6,000. Oh wow! And I, I could not give these fuckers away. I really couldn't. <laughs> so they're all in storage now. Um, and then the next thing we did was we took out all the duplicates because, um, you know, who needs 10 copies of, uh, you know, Mason Prophet's record or something like this that <laughs> yeah. nobody wants. I said, I'll put the best copy out there make and then I'll restock it. And so sure. uh, I now have three storage facilities, right? All kind of, I mean, they're all in the same building, but I've got three now that's like, you, you can't like access them because they're just overflowing with records. And every oh. time I buy a new used collection, I'll buy maybe 200 records from somebody. Well, I'll take 20 of them out. Um, 20 will get, yeah. you know, sleeved and cleaned and put out and the rest will add to my growing test you know of going through that stuff and restocking someday so i don't know what was the question this is like a this is like a dead (laughs) song like i don't remember where we started 20 minutes ago we'll come back to playing in the band and then i'll know (laughs) so really you ended up just buying the collection from uh john right uh john was the original owner you're john too i guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah, but uh so that's really cool. Did he sell like how did he sell it to you as like a at cost or did he give you like a that sounds like it's probably part something. of a business deal, Chris. Well yeah, well, but I wasn't I sure. <laughs> no, it's not, man. I'm a transparent kind of guy. I don't um not that I'm looking know. to find out how much you paid for it or anything like that, but just curious, is it yeah, was no, it part of the deal? Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't know what he wanted for it. Um, and here's how actually that went down. I went into his store one day, um, and, um, he had signs up saying that, um, he was looking for a serious, you know, a serious, uh, inquiry, a serious owner. And, um, I, I was actually just going out of town to do something for my other life. Um, I, I was, I teach and I, and I was going overseas to teach. And I said, look, as soon as I get back, I would like to talk to you about this, John. And yeah, I'm serious. And the first thing that went through my mind is a dollar figure that this was going to be totally, totally out of my, um, I'm sure he's going to be listening to this, right? But it's too late now. <laughs> and I thought it was going to have, you know, a dollar amount. And the thing sure. with John is, um, John had some medical issues and when he bought the place, and this was 20 years ago in right. three locations ago, he said, I want to do it for 20 years or until, uh, I'm in a wheelchair, quite honestly. Oh, and wow. he was in a wheelchair for a while. Okay. Um, and it was 21 years and he said, you know, I- I'm just, I'm ready to go. He and so the first, he was done. So I came back from teaching overseas and we sat down, we talked at his house, which is 
pretty close to where I live and pretty close to where the store is and oh, nice. pretty or, or was and where it's now. So it's all in the neighborhood. And I sat down with him and his wife and, and um, uh, we just talked and we didn't talk about price. We didn't talk about anything. We just talked about how the store works and, you know, I mean, all I know is the other side of the counter. And then when we, we talked for probably two hours and we both told stories and um, finally when it, it got time where I really had to go home and eat some dinner, um, <laughs> I said, look, John, I don't want a price from you, man. All I want to know, uh, you tell me what you want. You tell me how you got to that. That's all I'm asking. And let's just be fair to each other. And um, we made an appointment for me to see him again the following Wednesday evening. And this is when I had in my mind, oh, there's no way that I can, um, you know, that I'm going to be able to swing this. Sure. Just looking around it. I mean, I looked at the inventory and I, I just didn't think there was any possible way. Um, and I don't, I didn't really have any, I don't have savings. I got three kids in college. I mean, none of this was, you know, a financially feasible thing, but I knew yeah. one guy, I knew one guy that was uh, a friend of mine who is so supportive of me and said, look, I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money. Oh, um, wow. and said, well, it'd be a loan. Okay. We'll see. Um, and then, um, <laughs> that went away for reasons that I can't disclose okay. because of the confidentiality <laughs> agreement, um, as part of the civil <laughs> settlement. So he sure. no longer was the source. I oh, went back so holy shit. all at the same time. Right. I wish I could tell the whole story. And, oh, um, when John came out with um, the amount that he wanted, it's like that Seinfeld, you know, where Kramer goes, "I'll take it." I had to bite my lip, you know. I'm like, "All right, let me let me let me go home and and, and talk this over," you know. Right, and that's and the way to do it. So he was done. I went home that night saying, "Oh my god, I just I'm, I'm buying a record store now." <laughs> I've got to figure out, you know, how how do you do this? My dad was in retail, so. Uh, um, he, he's like, he was, he passed, but, um, I'm like him. We're not really people, people, you know, um, uh, we just, you know, we're, we're into our music and our, and our books. He wasn't really into the music, but, um, so I, I it, it's not like, um, I was looking to, to, to talk to people in a retail setting, you know, right. but if I could spend my spare time here, um, what, what a better place. And so within about uh, six weeks, we, um, moved it over to our new location and uh, renamed it Scratched Vinyl. And um, yeah, that probably answers the question. Sorry, guys. No, that's all right. That's great. You better be. Damn it. <laughs> you and your long-winded answer. Can, can you imagine this guy literally going through all of the questions where we're going to ask him <laughs> without Jeez. us having to ask him? Amazing. No, actually, I, I love that. I love – thank you. Thank you for that, man. That that was um, that was really interesting and it sounds like just like a really cool thing to have happened to somebody who is a vinyl collector – and so passionate. And so passionate about this stuff. You go you go in and, and it's just like, it just happens. That's amazing. Yeah, I think there was a lot of um, cosmic destiny to it. I really do. And John was really, right, right. He, he, this was his baby. And um, he had a great customer base of which I, you know, have very few left. And that's just because I, my ideas about what brings people into stores are different. But I owe him a lot. And uh, it was real important to him that he... Uh, passed the store on to somebody who loved the music, and I, uh, I I feel you know blessed that that um he he you know allowed that person to be me. So absolutely, and so you you were just kind of starting to touch on you know customers uh, and kind of your your approach. You know, it seems like it's kind of like a gathering place. I mean, I don't know what it's like now with COVID, but. Uh, but you know, your customers, they come in, they, they browse, have casual conversation, uh, and you even have a space in the store where customers can listen to any yeah. record, any of the used records before they buy it. Yeah. Was that I, something that you, you incorporated or? Yeah. John didn't have a listening station. Um, okay. and, uh, I, I encourage people. I remember one thing John told me was, uh, I, I put a platform here and I've had a couple of live bands up here. Um, and it's actually where I'm sitting right now. I've, anyway, if this was TV, I uh, could show you. But, um, and uh, the one of the things <laughs> that he told me was, don't put chairs in there. You don't want people just sitting around. And um, I said, <laughs> oh, okay, John. But what I think me, where me and John do differ is that, you know, the record store sells an experience. Uh, anybody can go to Amazon, Walmart, 
um, forced exposure. I mean, I mean, you know, there's lots of places that you can get great mail order. Um, but yeah. when you go to those places, even with sound bites, you know, you're still buying what, what, what you went there for. And the whole idea of Scratched and the whole idea of me having a record store is it's really just an extension of me being a DJ. I mean, what I play in here is what creates the demand, how I'm, you know, what I merchandise, what I am very, very selective about in putting on my wall and bringing in new is not about, you know, getting the new Harry Styles in stock because I know there's high school kids. There. They're not, they're going to go to Barnes and Noble or, or Amazon, you know, right. that's, yeah. not, that's not the point. So um, I cannot tell you uh, how many um, moon duo records I've sold because I'm playing it. You know, I've had like dance moms and dads who are killing time because there's a dance studio across the, the way here and they'll be walking through and, and, you know, they're looking at their Fleetwood Mac and their Pink Floyd and their whatever, and, you know, used. And, and so what is that? And I'm like, that's uh, wooden ships. They're uh, a band from California. And they're like, wow. Do you have that for sale? I'm like, yeah, actually I do. And so that's that's what it's about. I can't tell you how many cigarettes after sex I've sold because yeah. I've been playing it here. And that band that's... owes me. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I sold out Valley Hall, and I swear, because half of the people in there bought their records here. I, yeah. I can't keep it have, in stock, you know. Have you ever seen um High Fidelity, the movie? Yeah, for sure. That that so that reminds me. Of that part where he's like, "Watch me sell five copies of," I can't remember the name. And he, yeah, I know. He, he, he presses play, and it's like, "What is it?" I remember the beta band being somebody that the that beta Jack band. Brought, yes. What's yes. The beta yes. band. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The it was yep. the beta band. He goes, "I'm a." Uh, he goes, "I'm going to sell five copies of the beta band." Right now, God, I don't even and remember that like, scene now, but it must have. Oh my god! I, <laughs> I have watched that movie so many times, and uh-huh. this was like. I watched that movie and really loved that movie before I was into vinyl, like way before vinyl was ever a thing that I thought I would ever get into. But yeah, you when you that told that story. In Chicago. I mean, where, really? where they filmed it. Where they filmed yeah, it. It's not, it's not here anymore, but it was, yeah, I, uh, I think it was around, I'll probably say something wrong and be fact checked, but I thought it was around, uh, you guys aren't from Chicago, right? No, we're no. from uh, New York, New Jersey. Uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania area. Well, I know that area, but um, uh, the, the, the record store was in Chicago. Anyway. Okay. Neither that's here nor awesome. there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all. But <laughs> you know what? Honestly, dude, that's happened to me so many times. I'll walk into a record store and I'm like, like, who is this? Like, what is this? This is so good. Oh, do you have it for sale? <laughs> like, yeah. cool. Yeah. So I bought a spoon record in, I was in Montreal and- I it's like walked into this record store just like by chance, like, okay, let's we're not doing anything right now. It's it was like really cold when we went. And, you know, we like, let's just go into this record store. We go in there and uh Spoon was playing and I'm like, this is so good. And I had never heard them before. And I'm like, oh my God, like I gotta have this album. <laughs> so I bought the album, you know, while I was while I was there. And I can't tell you how many times that, that that's happened to me before. So, you know, well, that's me. I mean, I didn't invent the model, you know. No, no, no but, of course. No, but yeah. but, you, but it's to a your solid point, model, though. To your point, you're not. You don't need to be. You don't need to stock things that people are getting at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon. You're not. You know, that's not you. You're not that kind of a retailer. You are providing an experience and that's awesome. That is awesome because I can tell you that, you know, as somebody who enjoys that experience, we you know, I love that. I, lo- I love that. That's 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 what uh that's what we want when we go into a record store. So it's what I want. And um uh you know I cool. do you said that um I will slice a record, a brand new one, and, and play it if somebody's interested. And then I'll sell it and take a buck off because sure. people aren't going to buy something that they've never heard um, unless they can hear it. Now, a lot, today, a lot of things, you know, they can just pull out and have one of the streaming services and they can listen right. to it. But that's not really a very, you know, listen to 20 seconds on it. That doesn't do it, but putting it no. on my house system. Um, you know, they're either going to like it or, or, or they're not going to like it. And, and right. um, I tell everybody, I do, I do have lots of <clears throat> customers that will come in um, and, and they'll recommend something to me, you know, something that I haven't heard. And I'll say, here, 
I think you really like this. I don't even want to know what it is that you like, but I like this. This is good. And if you don't like it, it's just taste. It doesn't matter. You bring it back. Uh, really, you bring it back and I'll get you something else. And um, two and a half years, nobody's wow. brought a record back. <laughs> and it's not because my <laughs> taste is so good. It really isn't. I have very subjective and in, in some ways, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've had people, I, I have some, a, a couple of friends that are my age and these guys, um, I met both of them in college and we've been trading music, you know, back before the Napster days and all of this. And um, they criticize me. They ridicule me for uh, liking a lot of things that are very mainstream. I, 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 I love them. some mainstream music. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, for them, and I love these guys. Look, I love these guys. I see them all sure. the time. I've been turned on. But um, one guy is uh, just, you know, he loves uh, ambient music. And I love a lot of ambient music, James Johnson and Stephen, uh, what's that guy's name? Not, not Reich. Um, maybe that is his name. But anyway, you know, these guys, they all sound a little, you know, alike. And, and, and when they play one note for a long time, and I, I'll ridicule him for that. He likes to work <laughs> to it. That's, that's, that's fine. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, you, there's no accounting for taste. But I did want to get on our, our podcast record that I do love mainstream music um, when it's good. Yeah. You know, if it's good, sure. it's good. Um, I just, That's it, uh, man. There's a couple of genres that are a little harder for me to get my head around, but I'm, I'm sure. trying to learn as I get older. You know, it, uh, that's, that's awesome, man. And I, I'm, I'm with you, man. You, know, you like what you like, and that's it, man. You know, it's, it doesn't need to be obscure. It doesn't need to be underground. It doesn't need to be, you know, indie or whatever the fuck. It doesn't make you cooler because you listen to some indie band that nobody's ever heard of. That's cool too, you know, like, but what, like whatever floats your boat, just don't, you know, here's the thing. I can't stand elitists and I've said this on the show before. Mm -hmm. I think they're fucking awful. Preach. Not to, I'm not saying that your friends are. <laughs> I'm not saying that your friends are, by the way. Uh, uh, but my point is, is that, you know, nobody should be ridiculed for, for what they like. Nobody should be, you know, made to feel like they're less than or not cool or whatever just because they listen to uh, fucking, God, I can't think of his name, the redhead. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Oh, like, Sheeran. Uh, Sheeran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nobody should be, nobody should have their... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should be put down because they listen to Ed Sheeran. Well, I agree with you about the elitism. About the elitism, and the only thing I wanted to, you know, comment was we have yeah. had this going back and forth, back and forth. Um, these guys, you know, they just don't understand why I like Dave Matthews. And I'll tell you, oh. it, it took me a lot of years. It took me a lot of years before, um, you know, I, I, I really like Dave Matthews. Now it's it's now been a, a long time. But um, I, I always slip. I shouldn't say always, but every three, four, five shows, I'll put in. A, 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 I'll try and slip in the Matthews jam because I know that these guys, you know, are listening, and just to get them to turn off my show. Uh, and I don't care. You know? And every every year, not last summer, but every summer, me and my son, and he's been going since he's been like seven years old. We go out there with the frat boys and 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 the frat girls and. You know, the guys who are um, passing out because they've been drinking all day by the time the show starts. You know, <laughs> I, I now have two seats on either side of me. Um, and we love Dave, you know, and and um, I got no shame about that. I got no shame that I love Harry Styles' first solo record. I think it's a brilliant record. Start to finish, it's brilliant songwriting. I just wish there was a little more jamming on it, but that's, you know, a minor quibble. Um, <laughs> and I love Muslim gauze, you know, so it just yes. – just, yeah, it just depends. So yeah. I'm in the right podcast. Yeah, man, for, yeah, sure, for sure, dude. <laughs> we, we just – listen, man, we love music. We love all kinds of music, and it doesn't matter if it's mainstream. So uh, to those that think that that's not cool, then, uh, you know, fuck off. Yeah, in my best <laughs> British accent. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But getting back to your getting back to your store and the experience that you provide for your customers, you actually mentioned that you've had live music there. You've had bands come in, which is yeah, awesome. Had, uh, really, only three, but um, okay. Well, that's three more than I've had at my non-existent store. So, uh, can you tell us about? Can you tell us about the experience you've had with those bands? Yeah, um, the first band. Um, 
uh, was the guy had like a Hammond B3 organ and we couldn't even get it on the platform. Oh my gosh. And it was a, a, I think a four or five piece band and they scaled back a little bit. Um, but it was like, they got here and we started drinking bourbon in the afternoon while they were setting up. And it just, it, it, it tore the roof off. We had the door open because it was so hot. I had no problem from the village. I'm sure I didn't get the right, you know, licensing or anything. It just <laughs> blew the place out. It was so much fun. So then um, we did it again with uh, a high school kid that was kind of like, um, you know, very sensitive, you know, Connor Oberst type of guy. And he came in here and um, we didn't have anybody other than his parents and, and his best friend, Garth. I don't know what his name was. I got <laughs> and um, it was really touching. And I loved, I, I loved that he was up here, you know, singing his emotive heart out. Um, and uh, I, I said, you know, I want you to come back. Um, but um, it, 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 it didn't sell a lot of records. Uh, and that's, we, we kind of closed down. We don't really, that, that isn't the purpose of it, you know? Right. Um, and then, uh, the third band we had was a full, a full band. That's kind of an alt, alt, um, I wouldn't call them an alt country band, but, um, a really, really good band that, um, it started with a customer coming in and we just started talking and, and he said, he's got a band and I said, Oh, let me, you know, let me hear what you're doing. And I'd like to put some people on this stage. You know, he says, Oh, well, we're always looking for somewhere to play. And, um, these guys were amazing as well. And so, um, we sell, we sell one of those bands, uh, records here. Um, the other band doesn't have anything on vinyl, but wow, that's awesome, man. So it's great. And as soon as we're, um, pandemic, uh, passed, uh, and if I live that long, we're going to, we're going to have more bands. Yeah, for sure. Let's That's hope great. so. Let's hope that you live that long. And let's yes. hope that, let's well, that hope we can get this shit. I wasn't a comment on my age. Uh, correct. Correct. <laughs> yes. Let's make that clear. Yeah, maybe. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your, your radio show on WHCM. How did you get into being a radio DJ? Like, how did that come about? Well, I definitely wanted to do that long before I ever thought I would own a record store. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I uh, teach at a school downtown. It's a, a graduate school. And um, their main campus, which is on the south side of Chicago, c- kind of quite far, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes from, from actually where I go, I knew okay. they had a radio station. And so I just inquired about it and um, worked my way in. Now, this goes back to like 2005. And um, every fr- because I had enough flexibility and freedom in my job, I was able to go, um, you know, take basically take off Fridays because I get so excited um, to go down there. I couldn't do anything Friday mornings. My show, I think, was at one o'clock. Um, and I'd make my way down to uh, our main campus. And the studio was gorgeous. They had great equipment and everything. And uh, so I had this Friday afternoon slot and I have been doing it ever since. I moved it to um, a different school, uh, college station that had actually people that listened, (laughs) which is much different than than my first one. And they had a lot of people that listened to their station. So I thought I was like, you know, upgrading, Um, but it was still about 45 minutes from my house. And I I knew that there was a community. I I know that there's a community college uh, pretty close, 15, 10 minutes away from where I live. And I just thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could do it there? But the radio station um, did not take um, community people. They only, uh, you had to be a student to be a DJ. Okay. Uh, and I wasn't ready, uh, to enroll in community college. <laughs> so I just kind of blew it off, blew it off. One day, uh, a customer comes in, um, talk about, you know, cosmic destiny. And yes. the guy is the faculty advisor and the one who basically, um, restarted this radio station at, at this school. And I told him, I've been trying to get on this station. Nobody returns my emails, my calls. Um, I would love to be a DJ there. But they told me when I finally talked to somebody, the uh, you know 19-year-old kid told me that we, we don't take anybody unless you're enrolled. And I said, all right, whatever. I'm not the kind of guy. I'm not going to I don't want privilege. I mean, it's, it is what it is, you know? And he said, uh-huh. oh, he said, well, I, 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 I can give you a show. I said, it's my, it's my station. Um, <laughs> so, oh, um, wow. Yeah. That's great. So, so that's how that happens. And uh, he's a good customer. But no discounts, right? Nobody gets a discount. My dad <laughs> taught me that. 
That's right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And uh, so you kind of alluded a little bit to like what you actually play on the station, but can you give us a little bit more? Yeah, it's freeform. Freeform, um, okay. Freeform radio. Um, so what that means to me, when I was growing up here in Chicago, meaning uh, when I was in high school, there was a radio station. They called it Triad. I can't even remember the call letters. Um, and it was one of those stations where they only broadcast at night. And I would go into my high school room and um, turn on um, this triad. It was 106. I remember the numbers. And um, it would be, you know, these hipster DJs. And it was the first place that I heard Miles Davis next to Blues for Allah, next to the Tubes. Their first album came out. And it was just, you know, anything next to anything. But there was such art in, in putting that together. And I was just, you know, just it blew my mind. It, it changed my life. Um, it exposed me to so many different kinds of music. But the actual art form of putting that next to that, it was always just right. You know, the DJs, were they just knew what they were doing. They were taking you on a journey. And uh, that must have yeah. sunk in because as soon as I got my radio show, I knew that um, – I remember them asking me to write up something. What's your show going to be about? I said, I'm going to play music for two hours, and uh, I'll talk maybe every five, six cuts, just depending on how long they are. Well, what yeah. are you going to play? I said, I'm going to play whatever I want to play. I don't know. You know, <laughs> uh, I just – I'll play what I – if, if that's okay – you know, and I'll watch the FCC guidelines, but I'll, um, I'm going to play what I play. So that's how the show was born. And uh, I call it the short man's room, spooky head music, but, um, it's, it's kind of gone beyond that. Some shows I'll play a lot of techno and like start to finish. Um, no shit. You know, nobody's listening, so I can play whatever I want anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, are we able to listen on, say, like iHeartRadio? You know, uh, you can get WHCM on Tuned In, and I'm live every Sunday at 5 o'clock. Now I'm plugging, aren't I? But I've got That's a website. Fine. That's that's exactly I, where I was leading you. Yeah, no, if you go to um, www, I don't know, do we still say that anymore? Now I'm really showing my age. I, I said it the in. other day, www. Right. <laughs> Fuck it. Just, just to, okay. Well, you're older too, though. Um, it's theshortmansroom.com. Theshortmansroom.com. Okay. Uh, no spaces, no capitals. And um, I have, uh, I keep that website up and um, it's got archive shows. I probably have. I don't know, a hundred shows on there, you know? Nice. That's awesome. And all. So yeah, you That's can listen anytime. And, um, the shortmanroom.com? Shortmansroom. Shortmansroom.com. So everybody who's yeah. listening, please go to the website, check <laughs> out the show. Seriously. Um, you know, he, John claims nobody listens and, uh, he can play whatever he wants. Maybe <laughs> if you guys start listening, uh, maybe you can, uh, make some requests, some demands. Right. Maybe I'll play my first Taylor Swift song. Oh yeah! Hey, I love Taylor Swift. I am a, I am a Taylor Swift fan. Okay, there you go. Taylor's got credibility, and I respect her. She's she's you know what, man? I couldn't stand her for the longest time. I really did. I didn't like her. I fell into the to the bullshit of like, oh, she's this, she's that. But then the more I learned about her, I'm like, wow, she's like super talented. Just extremely talented individual. And even if you don't like her music, you have to just respect what she does. She busts her ass. She works her ass off. And she's able to – I think she's incredible because she was able to make hits, country music hits. She was able to make pop hits. And now she's working on folk, which is – you know, I mean, she's yeah. going through these different genres and she's doing she's great stuff. She's writing her own music. She's yeah, a great yeah, man. And, and she is. When it comes down to it, if you write great songs, it doesn't matter how you instrumentate them. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it yeah matter. I, I hear you. We are going to remember great songs, and that's what she yeah. does. And, and um, you know, Ryan Adams covered her stuff, you know. and um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. He, yeah, he did a whole album of her stuff. And, oh, um, cool. Wow. And um, that was sort of a, a window in. Now, Ryan Adams, I, I find extraordinarily um, erratic. Yeah, he's great. Right. He's great, and he's a horrible, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> and, 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 with, and I'm not talking about his personal life. I'm really just talking about his music. His Some music, of it's yeah. For me. Um, but it gave me um, a, a a window in to listen to her songwriting, and man, I was I was impressed. Um, I don't carry any Taylor Swift here because you know you can get that at Barnes and Noble, and you don't right. need me for that. But it's <laughs> um it's great music, and there's um you know and there's no shame in loving it. I I, I agree with you. 
Definitely. Now, I don't think that Taylor a Taylor Swift record is going to be your holy grail or your most prized record, but we know that you've got, you know, we know that you've got like some like 58 Hundred thousand records now in your collection. <laughs> That's I just made that number up. Yeah, he's exactly. You've, you've got all you have. You have all these records now. Is there? What's that? A bazillion. Yeah, bazillion records. <laughs> is there a record that you consider your most prized? Uh, no, but I'll give you a couple, maybe. But first, I got to say, I remember growing up and and and. My dad always telling me, and my mom too, um, that um, what do you need another record for? You've already got, you know, however, a bazillion. <laughs> what do you need another record for? And I've had that, right. you know, inside my head all this time, and that's why I can't have enough. So if you don't have kids, yeah, um, learn that lesson. Not you'll, you know what I mean. It, it, it's a boomerang; it comes right back at you. So they've created <laughs> this obsession, this monster. They just said, "Oh, another record." Well, that's nice. I probably would be, you know, a doctor or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, so um, a while, oh, I would say a while back, uh, about um, uh, about a year ago, I guess, um, I was on the My Cat is an Alien website. And um, My Cat is, is an Alien, I don't know if you've heard of these guys. They're not, they're not what, you know, you would call mainstream. My friends in, in Colorado who are the two guys I was I was telling you about? They both live out there now. Okay. Um, they they this is they criticize me for this as being un, some unlistenable space music, and I love this band. <laughs> it's two Italian guys from Turin, I think. But anyway, um, oh, wow. so back in the CD days, um, they they would release their CDs with handmade covers and things, and they would release them in like fifty or a hundred, oh, and. And they're just, I mean, they're gorgeous visually and musically. I don't know. I, I've come to really, really love their music. Um, you have to kind of stay with it. I don't know. Or, or, or it's horrible, you know, but I like it. I, I really, really like it. Um, so I was on their site and um, I saw that they were um, uh, selling three different versions of this vinyl. And it was their 20th anniversary concert, which they were playing in their hometown and they had a couple of guys playing with them, one of them being Lee Ronaldo, you know, from Sonic Youth. And I know that oh, he's nice. collaborated with them. Thurston has collaborated with them. I mean, they've mm -hmm. they've had some collaborations. There, there's a little bit of credibility to this to these two guys and their space music. But they had a um, one release with hand painted inserts, uh, thirty of them. And again, I'm not a collector. I didn't buy it so I could turn it over on Discogs sure. or on <laughs> right, yeah. right. But, uh, and it came with a, a, a t-shirt. And, and so anyway, um, I ordered one, even though it was a little more expensive than sure, sure. the regular bird. record. Yeah. And, um, I waited and waited and, and it, 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 it came here from Italy quicker than, than orders from the city. <laughs> of Chicago, as it happens. <laughs> and this album, I just, I mean, I, I put it on a shelf. And I played it, you know, because I'm not going to yeah. buy it and not play it. And not it's like, it. that's not the prized possession. Then they did another oh, album, shit. their most recent album that came out. Um, and it's also, I, I don't know, maybe there were 50 or, or 100. So I got that version too. And uh, when this came, and this came during the pandemic, and also beat shipments that I had ordered from California <laughs> and New Jersey. And um, inside inside they had put in two uh posters and they signed them to scratched vinyl thank you for your support wow. and it's, like, i didn't know that was coming i didn't know they were going to personalize it and That's um awesome. so one of the posters is on the wall that album i, I will never part with um even though yeah. I took the poster out and framed it and put it on the wall. So that's um, so awesome that's man. To me. I've connected with these guys in Italy. Yeah. And you know, and, and I, I only know one word in, in, in Italian and I bet they, you know, know English, but we could never communicate except through this alien music that they call and it's, it. And it's called my, my cat an is, an a, is an alien. My cat, my is, cat an alien. is an alien. You know, right. you've, you've definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. Mine the, too. The and what, a, 
Opalio. What a great story. And like, you know, what a great way to, like you said, like connect with, with people that are across the, the ocean in such a way that it's just like, yeah, that's so neat that they personalized it and you had no idea. Like what an exciting, like little surprise to get from them. And that's just really neat to me. Hell yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's a code to this. Can I give you a really quick code? I promise to be as quick yes. as I can. I've got a, a customer uh, who, who goes by the name Grateful Dead Don. And Grateful Dead Don, he's older than me, and, and, and he's a very good guy, but he's obsessive about Grateful Dead and, and, and think. But he, <laughs> since coming into the store, be, because you know that I, I don't you know, have enough Grateful Dead to satisfy his collectible <laughs> nature, has come in and, and gotten some of the most adventurous, extreme music, free jazz and things that I brought back from overseas that were also very limited editions, but very dissonant kind of stuff. And uh, I love the guy because of his open mind and, and all of that. But he, uh, I played him some My Cat is an Alien and, and, and he loves the band now. So it's not- <laughs> You've got a convert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, that was, and that was a tough sell, but you know, he liked it because he liked it. That's I like. That's really neat. We'll we'll check it out. Is there an album that you recommend? Uh, a particular album of theirs? No, they all sound the same. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so they're we'll all start good. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the matter. fun part. Yeah. There's no single. So my my cat is an alien. So we're we're gonna we're just gonna play whatever album and yeah. uh, hope that we like it. And you know what? We will send you an email and give you our review. How about <laughs> okay. that? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I, I think I can awesome. write that. I'm gonna I'm gonna write it too before you send it and we'll see how close. Oh there you is. go. Yes, <laughs> actually I like that. I nice. Like that. Nice. We'll compare notes. Right. Um that'll be let the me end I- of new listeners to my station. <laughs> my <channel. laughs> oh no. John, uh let me ask, is there any way for any of our listeners, if they're interested in purchasing anything from your store for them to do that? Can they go to your website? Yeah. Well, like my website, I'm not as good up, but if they go to my Facebook page and it's Scrap Vinyl Barrington, all, you know, there's no spaces, just scratch. Barrington is B-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N as in Barrington, Illinois. Yeah. Okay. And if you go to Scratch Vinyl Barrington, I post uh, two or three times a week when I get new stuff in. When I feature stuff, <clears throat> I try not to be very political, although I had a, a, a lady who challenged me who came in without a mask. And oh, Lord, had, oh, no. I, yeah, I told the story on my radio show, and then I posted about it. But anyway, other than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have mailed. I do ship, and I mail stuff. I've got a post office okay. in the same strip center. Um, Sweet. Yeah, so I'd love to do it. So they can Sweet. just Facebook message you and see if you have what they're looking for. Or send me a Gmail, right? It's or just, a Gmail. Or a Gmail, yeah. It's scratchvinylbarrington at gmail.com. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So there you have it, guys. Scratched Vinyl in Barrington, Illinois. Definitely check out his radio show at WHCM. 88.3 or 9. I don't know. <laughs> numbers in there. And just, 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 yes. Yeah, just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> don't make us don't don't make us do the hard work for you. <laughs> Shortmansroom.com and um, right. you'll link up. That's Shortmansroom.com. There you go, guys. Check it out. John, thanks for answering our questions. And that brings us to on the platter. Oh God, it's so good. Mmm, so good and tasty. So today we are discussing. The Incident by Porcupine Tree, which was released in September of 2009. So Porcupine Tree is definitely a band that, you know, it's kind of off the beaten path. Not something that Chris and I would normally talk about. But um, I thought it I thought it was a good band to talk about specifically because of that. Um, and because they're they're a phenomenal band. I mean, they are uh, extremely talented musicians. They've been around for a really long time. And uh, the way that I actually came upon them was years ago, I was getting uh, drum lessons and my drum teacher who happened to work at uh, Sam Ash, which is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody knows what Sam Ash is. It's a music store. So uh, I met him <laughs> I met him there 
And uh, he was uh, such a nice guy, man. And, you know, I asked him, like, man, like, you know, I love the way you, you play. Like, is there a band that you admire? Is there, you know, a drummer that you admire that you aspire to sound like? And he's like, actually, you know, Porcupine Tree is one of those bands for me. And I said, well, let me take a listen to this. Let me take a listen to these guys. So, so I did. And I actually used to listen to them quite a bit. Uh, I haven't in a while, but I, I understand, John, that you are a fan. Yeah, I am. I, I wouldn't say that um, they're my favorite band, but I think they're um, sure. immensely, immensely good. Steven Wilson, whose band it is, is a great, great songwriter. Um, I prefer certain records to others, and I saw them sure. live once, and it kind of tore my head off. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess you would say I'm a fan. Nice. Um, and Chris, you've never you never really listened to the, to these guys, right? Not until we picked this for the show. Correct. Uh, and I'm actually surprised now after hearing this particular album, and now I want to listen to all of their albums and <laughs> go back to Stephen Wilson's other band because, like you were saying, he's been around for a while, I guess since the 80s, and listen to his other band called No Man and just hear a bunch of all the different stuff that he has because he's, uh, uh, like you like you said, John, he's a fantastic writer. And so um, uh, listening to this album, I was like, wow, this definitely like right up my alley as far as uh, fam- it's familiar and it's also different because mm, you know yeah. of it being like, kind of progressive rock or progressive metal if you want to you know call it that too um sure it's really neat because it reminded me of a lot of different bands and obviously like you know porcupine tree would be the influence for the bands i'm going to mention being except for radiohead i heard a little bit of maybe like incubus in there and like mm. um interesting uh, who else who else was i thinking of ah uh, uh, oh I, I can tell you i hear a lot of like a perfect circle I was going to say tool or a perfect circle. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. um, And I, and I'm sure that those guys definitely listen to porcupine tree and they definitely like draw from that. Well, absolutely. And just, just overall, I just thought it was a a fantastic album and I can't wait to go back to, like I said, like the earlier stuff and kind of hear the progression and dive in and kind of hear the progression over the 20 plus years that they've been playing, or at least Steven Wilson's been around and playing. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, they're an awesome band, man. I mean, again, like I haven't listened to them in, in quite a while, but uh, they were always that, they were always like that kind of band that were always like in the back of my mind, like, man, I gotta, I gotta listen to that band again. <laughs> they're so freaking good, you know, like, and they are because they, they just have like uh, a very eclectic sound. They're all over the place. You know, a lot of their songs can sound like Tool and, a perfect circle, uh, but then you know they've got uh, acoustic guitars happening, and you're like, sure. "Well, that's we," you know, like that was unexpected. And uh, even like, for example, you know, the title track for this album, um, "The Incident," oh, sounds awesome. very much like Nine Inch Nails to me. You know, yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of like synth going on in, in that song. It's cool. I, I it's really it's just like a really dope sounding band that is extremely talented and very musical and definitely influences a lot of bands that a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with and listen to. I, I agree with you. You know, the incident was uh, the last studio album that Steven did under that porcupine tree name. Sure. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely an evolution if you go back to some of those earlier records, Lightbulb Sun and Up the Stairway and um, <clears throat> even uh, Fear of a Blank Planet. It's a little less of that toolish, hard, yeah. froggy thing and sure. a little bit more open, like Voyage 34 is another record. Um, right. I think, Chris, I, you know this record. Um, yes. It's a little bit more... Um, you know, still a concept album of something I'm not a, a huge fan of, but quite diverse and a little bit more psychedelic, particularly their earlier stuff. But he is a hell of a songwriter. Um, that song, uh, Drawing the Line yeah. on the Incident, uh, it's as good as anything oh. in his canon. There's no doubt. That is a beautifully it's written so song, good. and they play the crap out of it. Yeah, I love that. Um, and he's got that on every one of his records. He's got, um, you know, no matter how conceptual uh, they are, 
Um, and the incident is, I've read a little bit about, uh, you know, he's got some storyline going through it, but, um, right, right. Uh-huh. they are all, yeah, I can't, I can't be bothered with those storylines, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's good music and, uh, his solo albums, uh, I also strongly, strongly recommend, um, yes. he's got a brand new album that came out last week called the future bites and it's different still. Um, but it's still him, you know, and there's some incredible sure, yeah. songs on. I, I think that um, a lot of people that listen to your podcast should check him out and check out different parts of his career. Yeah, sure. definitely. Get off your lazy asses and listen to this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you have any facts on the album? I, I, I don't know if how easy uh, it would be to find anything. <laughs> it wasn't easy to find. It's more, it's more, it's like, <laughs> it's probably more stuff that everybody already knows about the album perhaps okay so obviously everyone knows if you've listened to this album already or or you know about it uh it's a concept album and it was uh inspired by uh, a traffic jam basically that steven wilson was stuck in and as he got closer to the as he got closer to the accident he saw a caution tape that read police incident and basically afterwards he thought of the word incident and he thought wow what a weird detached word for something that's really so destructive and traumatic for the people involved. And basically that is where cool. he got the foundation for the idea of the album incident. Wow. Um, cool. It's a new, cool, interesting fact for me because this is my first time is, listening. It's to all, album, it's so. all new to you. <laughs> yeah. It's new to me so, too, brother. I, I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't so know that. Thought, that's cool. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I found also that the chord progression in several songs on the record, uh, particularly parts of the Blind House and the Seance, apparently is reused from the No Man song, uh, The Breakup for Real, which uh, No Man was in the art pop duo that uh, Tim Bonus and uh, I hope I'm saying that right, or Bonus. And Stephen Wilson uh, were in together, and that song "No Breakup for Real" is off uh, 2003's album "Together We're Stranger." So I thought that was interesting. Cool. Two Another other cool ones fact. Here. Yeah, actually, I only have one more. Now that I think about it. So the other fact is is that uh, in January 2010, in Eclipsed Magazine's Albums of the Year, or you know, top 20, uh, the critics named the incident their album of the year for 2009 wow so i thought those were interesting there were a whole lot of other facts that i found but um i thought that was interesting cool what, uh how about uh favorite songs for everybody before we know oh, uh, favorite song i feel like either the title track for me because it sounds a lot like nine inch nails and i'm a huge nine inch nails fan or okay. the very last song remember me lover is oh, okay. fantastic nice. it's so good i like uh drawing the line of course right right I love the mainstream and um, so uh, Octane <laughs> Twisted is a really good song. They play that live a lot or did, and nice. that's pretty intense. Hey, can I add one thing, Chris, before you jump in with your favorite songs? Um, sure. These are, um, I, I have, I think, all of their studio albums on vinyl. And I got to tell uh-huh. you, these are beautifully packaged. They are just gorgeous. The um, reissues of these, it's just amazing. Amazing to hold in your hands. They did not spare yeah. expense. And if you love vinyl, these are really, really nice records, all of them, including The Incident, which I know has been um, released in a couple of different special editions as well. But uh, worth having the vinyl, beautifully produced. Oh, I've already been looking. I honestly, like, I was just like, I definitely want to get that on vinyl. And I know I'm going to want to get their other albums on vinyl, too. Well, Chris, uh, I think I I know someone who has those (laughs) records for sale. <laughs> I don't know if he's willing to part them. He says he's got you have them for sale, right, John? As my dad said, everything is for sale. Oh, okay. Except that my cat. <laughs> yeah, my cat has. Yeah, exactly. Wait, <laughs> hey, if if it's part of your if it's part of your personal collection, that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. But you know, if right. you have them available for sale, definitely, <laughs> it, it definitely something to think about there, Chris. I don't know. Yeah, I will say. I, I will you up if you want him i will hook you up i have a special <laughs> that comes with oh, a nice. book yeah actually um and uh, i think yeah I, I can i can give you a good price on it it's still sealed oh all very right nice. we got the hookup guys yes, yes. don't be jealous <laughs> don't be jealous we got the hookup with john absolutely the man short awesome <laughs> the short hey listen right here chris is literally a foot taller than me so you know you can I'm, see I'm, pictures of us there's yeah, you plenty can of see, pictures of us if you go to another distraction <laughs> add another distraction band on on instagram 
you'll you'll see. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see the uh, the difference in height here. Um, it's I like am Arnold short Sch- man. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger standing next to Danny DeVito in, uh, yes, in Twins. twins. <laughs> <laughs> I could Fantastic. Stand up- line and we'd have the complete you know there, angle there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know man i didn't realize this was going to turn into a pissing match between who's shorter but i'm telling you right now i bet you i'm shorter than you john <laughs> don't tell that don't oh my god don't say don't say feet and inches i want to see this happen how about this everybody listening has to guess our height okay <laughs> And then we'll show our licenses, and I only lied by an inch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, terrific. I love it, man. That's great. John, John, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your stories with us and uh, any everything that you've been through with your store and uh, hosting uh, your radio show. If you have any plugs... Any last words that you'd like to say to our listeners? Floor is yours. Listen to this podcast because you guys have the hearts and you've got the passion for it. And you're going to keep this going and pass it on. Um, I love what you're doing. I really, really do. And thank you for making uh, an opportunity for me to be a part of it. It's really been an honor. It's our pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. Later, guys. Later.